are, are you feeling personally attacked on the marketing front? Yeah. Because that not. was my goal. and welcome to episode number 17 of grumpy old bens i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside of chicago illinois where the italian beef is good and the crime rate is high and from america's left coast where the manhole is a bar downtown i'm ryan bemrose <laughs> well no you can't call it a manhole anymore uh, well no that's no that was that's uh what do you call it that's uh that's berkeley, berkeley or, or berserkley as i used to refer to it when i lived down there so um the, the, the town I'm originally from is actually a town called Santa Cruz, and we used to refer to it as Berkeley South. So, um, so yeah, I've, uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm from the left coast also, but although I refer to the area that uh, the general area that we live in as the People's Republic of Greater Seattle, uh, so, which is, <laughs> actually, is which is kind of an old callback to uh, when 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 Adam lived down in uh, Southern California. He that's what he called it as the People's Republic of Southern California. So. Um, and you can probably guess why it's called that, which is a callback to the People's Republic of China, which is the most communist state in the world. <laughs> exactly. And a very special guest. That voice you're hearing is Phone Boy. If you're if you're on No Agenda Social, if you're on Twitter, if you're on the in the troll room, everybody knows Phone Boy because, you know, if you want to get clips, he's the guy. Yeah, you know. And I'm even sharing podcast clips now too, and thanks to thanks to podcasting apps. So um, that always helps. As as some of us have referred to, you are you are one of No Agenda's unofficial archivists because you you take the three hour episode, you distill it down to the three quotes that are most impactful, and you put it out there. So anybody who wants to to know what a given No Agenda show is about, just subscribe on on No Agenda Social to the no agenda quotes bot yeah there's yeah there's a similar bot on twitter too uh, although you wouldn't know that because i know you don't use twitter so uh, well the, all the cool kids don't use twitter <laughs> fair enough but the reason phone boy is with us today is to talk marketing he's the local marketing guru and because of a conversation i don't think it was a very long one that he had with sir bemrose where what did you say all marketing was evil irrelevant you, you said something really bad about marketing right sir bemrose well i think that the phrase i used was uh, it wasn't i mean it wasn't bad or or insightful in any way um i just said that all marketing must die well but but honestly if all marketing must die then we wouldn't be able to propagate the for, the, the no agenda formula right i mean that's a that's you know it's part of building awareness for you know so, you know for anything right is you you, you have to you have to let people know about it and that's you know of course some of the ways you do that may be you know maybe sketchy right that there's and there's definitely people that do some sketchy stuff to um you know in in name of uh you know in name of marketing right and that's you know i try to avoid doing those things well and marketing has really changed over the last 20 years in a variety of ways one the medium that's being used is completely different now well sir bremos i think he said marketing goes back to the bible and adam and eve and that was the you know eat this apple that was the first marketing right that was that was what you had said mr bemrose that, that was the first act of marketing was was the serpent trying to convince eve to eat the apple and we've moved on from there and the mediums have changed i mean you re you realize that we're living in a completely different world and since we're grumpy old bens that when we were kids the medium for marketing it used to be way back let's go way back to 
you know, newspapers. I mean, when newspapers start being printed, you know, back in the old West in the United States, you had billboards, you had radio, you had television, and now you have the internet. And one of that's the, one of the main things, the medium has changed. And the difference between all of those other mediums in the internet are all those other mediums just had to push a message for everybody to see because you couldn't decide who was going to see your billboard, who was going to pick up the newspaper and all that. So it was a much different way of spray and pray kind of marketing because you had to put your message out there and hope the right people saw it. The Internet's changed that. The other thing that's really changed is marketing used to be done. You know, you think Mad Men. It used to be done by guys in suits sitting in an office, and they were the ones that made all these decisions that came up with all of this stuff. The other major change in marketing, as I see it in my lifetime, is it used to be mainly done by professionals when I was a kid. Now everybody is doing marketing. Everybody with a small business is doing Google ads, Facebook ads, and all of this. So, I mean, it gets very hard to uh, see if there's anybody to blame. If you're going to say marketing's evil, it's probably because right now we have a lot of people doing it who have no idea what they're doing. Or am I totally wrong on that? Well, and there's well, I think I think we all have to market, right? If we're if we have, um, if you, if you're doing a small business, right, to get the word out, you you have to do you have to market. If you are, um, you know, certainly even if you are a non-commercial entity, it's you know, it, first of all, the the avenues are much better, right? I mean, we so like you said, it used to be that in order to uh, in order to build awareness and get things out there, you had to you had to put it up on a billboard or get it in the newspaper, or whatever, right? So so the 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 mechanisms through which that people could advertise were actually fairly limited and so and you had to have a certain amount of money to to participate in that because you know those things weren't you know the, the, there was only so many places there was only so many places where eyeballs could go and so that's that's uh, not free right and so there's 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 a cost to that and that's honestly how newspapers stayed in business for for as long as they have uh is because they kind of had a monopoly on eyeballs um and likewise, you know, now there's, you know, there, there's so many, there's also just so many more places to advertise. I mean, so on the internet, I mean, you can't just put up a website and, and be done, right? That, that, that you know, nobody's going to know because there's infinite places to go on the internet. Uh, so you have to, and, and there's also infinite places you could advertise. So it's, it's, yeah, uh, but. The good the good news is that now you can actually hyper target. Um, so I had it. So in, in and one of my recent business trips, I was uh, I was in a uh, I was taking a, a lift with a guy who was doing you know essentially hyper local marketing. So now they can they're able to through various mechanisms to target the specific people that they that they want. So it's not just you know put a you know put an ad in your in your in your uh, newspaper you know your local newspaper or the or radio station or whatever. Um, they're able to, to to target. Okay, we want you know these kind of people to come in, and uh, we want to we want to make sure we're targeting these people with this demographics and stuff. And so, so you can you can make a, a message that is you can target a message to to, to specific area or specific people. Uh, it depends on what kind of information you have access to as to whether you can do that. Do you make a distinction between marketing and advertising? I know a lot of people that that aren't in the business will will just treat those words as if they're interchangeable. So advertising is more. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 I think, I think there, it's part of marketing, right? It's the, you know, so it's, you know, advertising is typically associated with, you know, sort of building awareness, right? So it's not, so marketing has things that involve advertising. So it's kind of, so it's, that it, it, they sometimes get used interchangeably, but that's not true. So advertising is the, you know, the 30 second spot that you hear on the uh, radio I mean, or the Ad- yeah. Advertising is the commercialized message that people have to sit through to get 
to the content that they want, whether they're on the radio or on TV or on YouTube or whatever. I mean, that's what most people think advertising is. Yeah, exactly. But um, but overall, marketing activities include a lot more than that. You know, it's it's very hard, for example, in a in a broad basis to you know to I don't know nurture like a contact right and to be able to into into you know move it along the sales funnel kind of thing right. There, there's a sales funnel. Yeah. That's what ultimately, because again, what, what, what is, what is, what is market, what is marketing ultimately trying to get you to do, right? There's a, the ultimate is, okay, so you, it, it, it's trying to manipulate you into doing something for somebody else's financial benefit that you wouldn't be doing otherwise. Am, well, am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, but you may be, you may be tapping into what somebody was, somebody's willing to do anyway. Right. So, um, you know, there's that, that, that's, so, you know, like it, for example, I'll, you know, I'll use food as a, as a great example, right? We all got to eat. Um, so I don't think there's any, you know, so there, you know, the, the market for any given food is, you know, almost a hundred percent, right. Everybody, you know, everybody eats at a certain point. Um, although I, you know, you, then there's you can you can only not eat for so long so um and then it comes down to okay well you know I, there's this new type of food and you put, you put it out so it's it, there's so it, it it's a question it then becomes a question of okay well you're going to spend money on food well where you, you know are you going to spend it on uh, you know company x or company y or you know with your you know with your local farmer down the street or your local butcher down the street or whatever right and so there's so there's going to be certain things that are actually very uh what do you call it? The, 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 you're going to spend money on no matter what. It's it's kind of like lawyers, where I feel like 99 percent are giving the rest a bad name. Yeah, yeah, and there's some, there's a lot of that too, and and certainly, you know, we're hearing a, a lot about, um, you know, there's been a, one of the conversation topics on No Agenda lately has been, um, you know, what, uh, you know, what some of these tech companies have been doing to sort of influence, well, political opinions, right? Um, and and it's and part of that is because of the the people that work at these companies have a certain bias, and that that gets uh, reflected in the algos that they uh, employ, and so that and that that's you know that's a form of marketing too, right? It's 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 you know it's because because you're using you're influencing uh, opinion, um, it, you know that's probably going to influence you know the kinds of things that people buy as well, right? Not just you know not just who they uh, you know which uh, you know which occupant they for for a given office they decide to vote for. When you get into the this like the kind of things that Silicon Valley is doing with regards to politics, you're you're very much blurring the line between uh, marketing and what most people would refer to as propaganda. I, unless propaganda is another type of marketing, which I could see that argument. Well, if you're a government, that's, that's, that's exactly what, you know, um, and there's, and there's some, there's some, you know, I don't know, corporate marketing that, that kind of sounds like propaganda, right? When it, that, so it, it's, you know, it, it's all it, some of the, it, it's like with any term, right? It, it's, every term seems to be getting redefined these days. So I think, I think propaganda was originally if the government, if the government's doing yeah. marketing, it, it's propaganda. Um, we, you know, we just did a show on terms getting redefined with, yeah. with Larry last week. Well, there, yes, yeah. I know. I think, I think I even uh, shared some clips on it too. It's, yes, it was, that was a great show. And I think that's a, um, you know, that's, there's definitely some things that you could look at as marketing and go, well, they're, you know, and I, so I agree with you. It's like, okay, that that's, you know, I think telling people about something, right. And, and not lying to them about it in the process is, 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 you know, is, you know, more is ethical. If you're, if you're saying the product is something or the product or service does something that doesn't, then that's a whole different discussion. And that, you know, and, you know, the ethics there is you're lying <laughs> and that's, in, in, you know, and I think most of the, most of the religions of the world would have an issue with the, uh, you know, with, with lying, cheating or stealing kind of thing. Well, and what Google's doing in the political vein, I don't think is really marketing. It's more just manipulation as they talked about on the no agenda show the other day that the first two results are what people normally click on. So putting what they want, the viewpoint they want there 
mean, I guess it's kind of marketing, but that's not what really is going on there. That is pushing an ideology. But I think the biggest, scariest part of marketing right now is how people are being targeted and the question of whether or not this is a good thing or not. And there's a whole debate that goes on as far as targeted ads go. There are people that go, well, you know what? I, if I'm going to see ads, I would rather have something that is more relevant to me and something that I would more likely buy. But the question is, as you said earlier, phone boy, it depends on what data that they have about you and how you can be targeted in that way. And it comes down to once there is so much data about somebody out there, when does it become an invasion of privacy? When does it cross those lines of, you know, you're just a consumer to, you know, it's one thing where they're like, okay, you know, Sir Bemrose likes coffee. That's, that's cool. That's something nobody really cares about. But if it's, you know, oh, well, uh, Darren likes the Charmin triple super soft within toilet three days, tissue. Within three days of, of airing this, you're going to get uh, some toilet paper ads directed into your browser. And I'm going to get random coffee samples showing up on my doorstep now. <laughs> well, that is where the scary part comes. The uh, the other day in the troll room, Gene, Witch was talking about having an oven blow up that he had to call amazon to get the door replaced and he's like i told them that it blew up while i was having making pizza and he's like all of a sudden my gmail account started getting ads from pizza hut and i noticed this the other day after watching an episode of two and a half men where they were talking about incessantly on the show alan buying a porsche and they kept going back well is it porsche or porsche 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 they had to say the name porsche and porsche like a hundred times on the show and all of a sudden i got a thing from google to take a survey have you been shopping for a porsche recently and i'm like holy crap these devices are listening there's no doubt about it and that is where things start to get being a little bit scary and you can see why people might think the marketers that are using this data are kind of dicks right phone boy yeah, I can totally see that. And that's, and that's, you know, so because, because of how pervasive the listening posts are, right. And this is, you know, the, the amount of data that they're able to collect. Um, yeah, that's, that's a whole, that's, that's like, you know, a different level of, of, you know, of like, okay, I have all this information about you. You know, it's one thing if you're, if you, you know, if, if, if you're a paying customer of a company, right. And we, so we have some data about you, but, you know, we're, and, and we're marketing. So we're, that's, that's, that's a little bit different, but now, you know, basically, you know, who's, who's paying Google money. Right. Well, advertisers are paying Google money. That's that. That's the you know. So and, and we're all you know. We're just the product that's being sold. And so you know. So what you know? What is Google doing? They're you know. They're making so many cool things that are you know that are free or very cheap, um, and getting that stuff out there so that they can collect data to to potentially sell that or the, sell access to that data to you know to advertisers. And so it's yeah. That's that's where it gets really creepy. And that's you know. So again, it's it's you know how personalized does it get? And um, you know, so there's this third party in the middle. You know, in this case, Google. That that is that. You know, they're 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 making money from the, you know the advertisers, and so that you know, so that's you know, yeah, Google's just making money as a as a middleman, right? I think, you know, it's one thing if a company, you know, again, if a company's advertising or getting the word out, or you know, 
don't know, putting billboards out or, you know, or, or, or ads out. That's one thing. But, uh, you know, Google's you know, taking it a step further. And yeah, they're, they're, they're basically making money is money in the middle, right? Because they're, they're not, you know, they're not, they're, they're, they're giving their stuff away for free so that they can collect all this data and then, and, and then market stuff to you. And yeah, that's where it gets creepy. And that's why, you know, I don't have any talking tubes in my house. Um, you know, the, you know, I, I rarely use, uh, you know, the, the, the Apple variant, uh, of that, right. Even though I've got, you know, that I, I do run a lot of Apple stuff in my house, but uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't talk to uh, you know I, I don't talk to the the lady on the phone, right? It, it's it's just uh, not all you know, that it, it, there's nothing it does that I can't do on my on my own. Every once in a while, it's kind of if I'm driving or something, maybe you know I might you know I might use it to dictate a message or something, but even then, it often gets it wrong. So it's not something I rely on. And, and yeah, you know, and 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 I'm and I'm when when with Ryan when he talks about you know th- you know things like you know all the automation stuff, it's like first first of all i'm in the information security business so i realized just how like you know what what a horror show that most of these companies that put out these products it's just it's like okay they're first of all they're going to get compromised six ways from sunday so I, I i try to minimize the number of those things i have in my house and second of all like yeah i like light switches i, li- I like thermostats i can control i've got you know i like uh you know i like things to do as little as possible um it makes them simpler and easier to deal with and and you know that then there's there's less things that can go wrong and that all of these you know all of these great technologies can you know can be used for good and used for bad it's and and you know, and, 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 you know, Google, I think, abandoned their don't be evil, uh, you know, uh, motto a long time ago. And, and it shows yeah, that, that'd be about the time of the IPO. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, what's important for people to know where this data is coming from. If I get an ad on Facebook for pizza and I've liked Pizza Hut or another company, I get it because I've, I've liked pizza. That's public data where people start freaking out. One of the first things I remember, this is going way back from, uh, before the internet marketing was the boom that it is now, I remember a, I think it was target that a guy got really pissed at target because they sent him a ad, you know, a little ad paper to, you know, not one in a newspaper, but sent directly to his house that had something about, well, you need your, these pregnancy things. And he just got really pissed about it. And it turns out his daughter was pregnant and she had purchased items at target using their, whatever their, whatever the target card is and it put the two and two together so target knew that his daughter was pregnant before he did because you know marketing and this has gotten way more invasive than what you're buying at target they can put two and two together while you're buying certain supplements or whatnot to all the data i mean people are used to certain things knowing that you're giving the data out there but people i still don't think understand that Things, keywords from their email, their texts, all different things that's going on around them. Every web page they visit is leaving a trail behind them that these advertisers are using. It's funny to me every once in a while if you turn off the ad blocker, which I did the other day, and I love running a pie hole that works good, running all the other ad blocking software, which I know the marketers will hate. But I turned it off and went to the local little IS, uh, the little web hosting service that I use, which is a very small company. And I went to their page to check something out and noticed going back to things like the Drudge Report or Fox News or CNN, whatever it was, all of a sudden I was getting ads for that little web host. I mean, it's really not even it's, it's not even something that happens every now and then. It's like it is so pervasive. That that's, I think, where people start freaking out a little bit, that every little detail 
that they can find out about you, they're going to use it to try to sell you something. Well, and some of that stuff, it's, it's okay. Well, you, you've already, you know, in some cases, so it's, you know, I, I used to joke that I receive ad for things I already bought. Right. So I, I remember the, uh, not, right. not the time I bought this, the, the current car that I have, but the, the, uh, the car for my wife. Uh, I remember we did a, um, you know, we, we were, you know, we, I think we did some, we did some Google search. We did some stuff to, to, to try and find it. And, and, and shortly after I, after we purchased the car, I started getting ads for that car. And it's like, well, too late. I've already bought the car. So, you know, what's the, what, you know, what's the, uh, you know, at that point, it's not very effective. So they're just trying to make you more aware that the car is out there in case you ever want to buy it. Yeah. Well, I am not buying another one of that car. (laughs) So, um, but that's a, and, and yeah, that, and that, and that's, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of dumb algos that, you know, they're trying to use this data and they're trying to, you know, nudge you in a particular direction. And, and, you know, and I think that's, uh, that's what, and yeah, it's, it's not, I don't think, I don't know that it's necessarily very effective, right? And there, there's a, there's a joke in marketing. I can tell you that 50% of my marketing uh, spend was effective. I just can't tell you what 50%. Um, in some cases, I think it's even less than that. And, and you know, and I'm sure, you know, Google is uh, saying, oh, we can hyper-target the ads. And, you know, the, I, I, the question is, I wonder how effective they are. Uh, in some cases, they might be. Uh, in other cases, they're not. Right. So I think there's a, so, you know, that's, that's the other question is, you know, so yeah, they're, they're you know, advertisers are clearly spending money on this and, you know, and no agenda. They talk about the, the billions of dollars that what like two or three different companies uh, uh, spend in ads a year on the, on the social medias. And, and you wonder why uh, everything is uh, trending toward brand safety. <laughs> that's, uh, well, the, the, the age old question uh, with regards to advertising has always been uh, with what, what's effective and what's not. That's, that's kind of like anybody who can come up with the exact answer to that question wins the marketing game. That's just period. Uh, and the only, the big societal change that I've seen in the last 30, 40 years is, you know, in the, in the era of Mad Men, and even when I was young and way back in the eighties and seventies, uh, if, if you had a big advertising marketing blitz, the only way you knew whether it was, it was effective or not was at the end, did your sales go up or down? And the the thing that Silicon Valley is offering now is instant gratification, instant feedback to somebody who wants to put out advertising, which is, I, I mean, if if you are trying to optimize your ad spend, that is extremely tantalizing. Uh, the obviously, if from the marketing perspective, that's that's something that everybody likes, but. Uh, from a societal perspective, do you think we're better off? I don't know that we are necessarily. I guess also part of marketing too is, you know, again, getting, you know, so it's getting the word out about things that might actually improve your life. Now we could argue that that a lot of the things that that are marketed probably aren't going to improve our lives so much. I, I would argue that, yes. Yeah. So there's, so again, yeah, I, I knew you would argue that, and and I and I would probably tend to agree. It's you know, I, and and actually, I'm probably like you know, it's, it's, that's I, I actually isolate myself from a lot of the sources of you know of marketing that 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 occurs. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm out in the world, and so I'm going to see stuff and whatever. But uh, you know, it's, as far as consuming mainstream media, I, I don't consume a whole lot of mainstream media, and so it's so. You know, and and because it's 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 just it's pervasive. It's everywhere, right? You know, it's like everything has advertising and, in it now, and it's toxic. Exactly. It, um, and you know, I, I I moved away. I I stopped watching cable. I stopped watching network TV originally 
because I felt the advertising was toxic. Uh, but the weird thing is I actually have had a couple opportunities to go back and I couldn't ever get back into it because I realized that the content itself is toxic. I was, I was still in college and I think I, I think, uh, and, and for, and for a brief time I was living alone and, 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 uh, during that time, I realized that about the only thing I watched on television was was NFL games, and that and so um, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, so why am I paying you know forty dollars a month for for you know for fifty channels or however many channels it was back in the '90s? And I'm like, uh, okay, well, that's a waste of money, right? So, um, and and pretty much these days, that's you know, it's the same thing, right? It's like, okay, so yeah, we have Netflix because the kids, you know, the kids and my wife like to watch stuff from time to time, and 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 honestly, it's like I don't even watch it. I mean, I you know, again, I you know, I'll watch NFL games, that's or or, or NBA games or something that's about that's about it right it's just and yeah and, it, and when i do Go when Hawks. i do see content not it's funny because like my daughter started uh with I, th- I think she just binge watched friends right so from and and you know and of course i'd walk in and see the, the show and i'm like okay I, I didn't i didn't particularly like friends back when it was on and i was like yeah i still don't like the show <laughs> so um and and yeah as i go back and watch old things that i used to watch i'm like uh why did i like this again um and and that maybe comes with age and, and whatever but it's yeah the the content it's it's rarely it's like okay there's there's very little that i feel compelled to watch uh or consume on, on the mainstream uh you know nostalgia is a hell of a oh, it is exactly but uh you know nostalgia for things you weren't born for and with all like you said all these scripted shows and everything it's so easy to skip commercials now you talked about watching nfl games i used to watch a lot of baseball before that racing sports is one of the last bastions for marketers to try to sell to people watching television where they're not going to be skipping commercials because most people you get a much different feel watching a game live rather than it's not something that you know a television show i don't care if it was on last night i can watch it a day or two later you don't really feel like you missed anything with live sporting events people still have a tendency that's one of the few things left that people are tuning into live and if you're tuned into live you can't skip the commercials you know unless you're you know, here's, here's playing a, with time. Here's here's a pro tip that that I use for all of the Seahawks games, which is about the only thing I ever watch on live cable. Go Hawks! Uh, is when when it, at kickoff, uh, I start up, I, I run the thing whole thing through the DVR, and at kickoff, I hit pause, and then I walk away for forty minutes, and then I come back. Then you come back. And I catch sit up. down and I start playing, and every time there's an ad, I just use the thirty second skip to get past. And 40 minutes is about the right amount of time so that by the end of the fourth quarter, I've caught up just about exactly to live sports. Right. And it's getting hard. I mean, Baron Walkman just said in the troll room that IndyCar is the same way. And it, it gets when, when the ads get to be that invasive, it, it begins to get harder and harder to watch sports. And I saw that in the NBA in golf, I mean, these are already doing things where they have advertisements on the uniforms i know major league baseball is talking about this coming in i think 2021 where they're going to start allowing some advertisements on uniforms and it it turns me off so much that it it gets to the point where it's like the whole sport becomes unworthy of watching because i am so tired of getting ads that if you're going to take that last thing that's left that last thing that's pure which is the jersey that the baseball players are wearing. And you're going to start selling space on those. And I think they said it would bring the teams on average like $7 million a year. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What is $7 million to a major league baseball franchise that you're willing to go that far 
to have advertisements on your jerseys. But I mean, I guess the one thing that's showing is it's getting harder and harder for people to pay attention to ads and people are getting more and more desperate to have you see them. That's the only reason that they could be doing. Well, that. yeah. And the only people that can afford to do that are people that, that, that have the kind of money to spend. Right. I mean, you know, certainly, uh, you know, uh, the, what, what other people call football, i.e. soccer, um, you know, they, there's, uh, you know, there, there's branding on the jerseys anyway. Right. Even, even in, you know, even with like the Sounders or whatever, I mean, you know, Microsoft. Right. Because there are no commercials. <laughs> there's no stops in play. It's hard to, it's hard to advertise well, exactly. soccer. Um, yeah. So it, this is, and yeah, I, I would, I, you know, Again, I would expect that that might happen in the NFL or something too, right? I mean, it's you know, it certainly happens in the NBA, right? I mean, I remember you know, like the Golden State Warriors. I think Rakuten's their their sponsor, or whatever, um, you know. And so that I think that's on their their uh, uh, their jerseys, and other teams might even have something, you know, something else on there too. But uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it, because our attention is there's so many things vying for our attention uh, that yeah, they're we're, you know, they're looking for new places to put you know to 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 increase awareness and advertising. I mean. You know the the, uh, the the little movie screens that are on the back of a uh, plane, you know, uh, seats and airplanes, right? Th- those are you know, those are sources of advertising as well, right? And that's a so um, people you know people do pay. You know, I think I, I was flying on uh, I was flying on American uh, when I was and and, and recently and and they had uh, you know before I could uh, before I could even turn on the in flight entertainment system, there was like three ads that played, which I'm like, which just drove which made me just not want to use the in-flight entertainment system. So, um, you know, right. Talk about a captive audience. You're literally strapped oh, in the oh, seat. <laughs> make, makes you want to board the plane with a Sharpie. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's, and that's, you know, and, and so there's, that's, that's the other thing, you know, if you have, if there's too many advertisements, people are going to eventually just tune out. Right. And, and that's, you know, and I think that's what's happening with, with the, with, you know, mainstream television. And, and, you know, and I think even in the NFL, there's, you know, they're starting to realize, Hey, look, our commercial breaks are too long. We need to, you know, because people are tuning, you know, you know, it's one thing to have a you know a couple of couple of thirty second ads or whatever, um, but they want it. They want people to remain tuned in, and, and you'll you'll even start to see now that like they do box, they'll do like a box and box or something. They'll do a thirty second ad, um, you know, but they don't want to they don't want to completely go away from the game or what you know. The, but it's not like there's a you know there's like a play going on. It's like between plays or something. You know, they might do a thirty second ad. Right. That's where working the ads into the content. I remember them talking about that even back when Friends was on uh, in its original run, not his Netflix run where, oh, they're drinking a Coca-Cola. Uh, some companies really ran with the concept. Subway, for instance, uh, basically uh, saved the two series Chuck and Community and had native ads not trying to even hide them in the shows themselves. And I thought that was interesting, but obviously it's something that didn't work out well enough because you don't see that a lot anymore to where you know somebody comes into a restaurant and they're like hey would you like a coca-cola you know and to have that kind of product placement you're not seeing it anymore so i wonder why that necessarily didn't work or the people that are running the shows probably didn't know what to charge because you don't know if the show is going to be seen once and then never again or if it's going to run infinitely for the next hundred years if you have a hit show so i mean i guess that's maybe an issue there but i always thought that would be an easy way to do especially with baseball being there's so much dead time, I never understood why they had to expand the amount of time between innings to do advertisements when you usually have like 30 seconds between batters to where the announcer could be like, well, today we're brought to you by whatever. Yeah, they, they, they could use the time in some cases better. And that, that's for sure. Right. And that's, you know, and, I, and actually, actually, TV shows have been have had product placement going back to the beginning of television. So, um, you, you know, it was um 
you know, I think I, I think yesterday I happened to run into the you know, like the, uh, the the I guess the Flintstones used to advertise cigarettes. You know, back you know back in I think the early '60s or something. Yeah, my how times have changed, right? Um, all the better to get kids hooked. Well, of course, yeah, exactly. Right. And don't forget don't don't forget the Starbucks cup. Well, in Game well of exactly. Well, yeah, wait, like Starbucks then. needs more advertising. Uh, you know, although I I spend a lot of time in Starbucks, so. Um, but it's but yeah, they, they, it's like yeah, they're you know, and that's actually something I see. Yeah, God, when I when I travel and I travel around the world and, and I and I um, and I see American brands everywhere, and it actually kind of drives me nuts. I'm like, I want to see something that's you know. On one hand, there, there's some comfort to say, yeah, I know there's Authentic. a Starbucks, right? That I can go get a, I can get a you know, an acceptable cup of coffee. Um, on the other hand, it's like, okay, let's see something local. Give me some local flavor, local color, local whatever, right? And something something a little different. So, um, yeah, and that's so it's yeah, that drives me nuts right just it's like i, I, I want to see less of the american brands when i'm abroad i want to see more of you know local places that are interesting and you know and, and you know and so on and, and you know and, and maybe tr- maybe get get a different experience than i would if i went into a starbucks i i walk around downtown seattle and i want to see less starbucks da- downtown seattle is a fantastic place by the way because uh, if you don't like the Starbucks, you can just go to the one next door. Well, exactly. The one across the street. I, I, so in Gig Harbor, which is where I live there, there's actually, I think there's a corner that has, uh, that there are three oh, Starbucks so sorry. Like, near, you know, like kind of in the, basically near the same intersection, near the same intersection. And so it's, it's like, okay, really? So you got, you got, it's like, okay, which one do I want to go to exactly? Well, and then, yeah, there's, yeah, our, yeah, Gig Harbor has way too many Starbucks for the number of people that, that, that are in the town. <laughs> so well, that happens locally, too. I mean, I, we have a few different pizza chains here in the Chicago area. I know that's hard to believe that if you're running a little mom and pop, you know, one or two place, if you have one or two stores, it is really hard to compete against these other guys. And not even talking about the, you know, the Pizza Huts or the Papa John's and all that. There's a few other, you know, just local places that have, you know, 20 to 30 locations. And it becomes when you're looking at marketing dollars. And to saturate an area, it becomes very hard for a little guy to compete because the other company's got 30 locations and their advertising dollar is going a lot further than a guy that only has one shop. So how do you uh, how do you go after that? If you're a little you know coffee shop, if you're a little pizza place and you're you're, a, you're you got a labor of love going, you have one location. How do you compete against the big guys and get your voice heard out there? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, you still end up doing the same things, right? It's, it's, it's just a question of, okay, you're not going to, you're not going to spend the money on a, on a radio ad or, or, you know, or whatever you, you, you may do some digital marketing. You need to have a digital presence. You need to make sure you do all of the, that, uh, the things that are, that are required. And yeah, you need, yeah, you need to have, you, know, you probably need to have a website and a, and, and, and a social media account and everything, but that's not gonna be enough, right? You just have to have some awareness of, of that, um, you know, of all of those things, but, uh, you're going to have to work, uh, with what you have, which is uh, one-on-one, right? So, you know, you, you, you do things to um, you do things to engender preference and loyalty, and you know when, when somebody's loyal, they're gonna you know and they really like you. They're gonna tell their friends, right? And and honestly, that's like the best marketing, right? If I'm you know if, you know it's one thing I'm being paid to tell you about you know something, right? It's another thing if I'm not being paid to tell you about it and I'm telling you about it. I mean, this is you know this is where you know like the formula propagation that we do with with no agenda works really well. None of us are getting paid for it, really. Um, it, it's, oh, you didn't but, get your check. Uh, you know, we, no, uh, you know, if, if if anything, if anything, I probably have to write a check. <laughs> but, right, it's um, reverse marketing. The, yeah, ex- but but 
but that's what it is, right? It's so you you have to you have to get people to like your thing and then tell their friends, right? That's kind of what it. I think that you know, and again, that and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Because it's because yeah, it's like oh, you know, that's if 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 there if there are twenty places to go and I don't know, um, I, I don't know which place I should go. I'm going to ask my friend. At the risk of coming off a little bit naive and old fashioned, the one thing that I didn't hear you mention in in terms of what a a small mom and pop company needs to do to compete. I think that, that this is kind of fundamental and early on. You need to have a quality product that doesn't suck. Is that a consideration in, in marketing or is like once you pick a like, like how does it actually work in, in a marketing firm? When you pick it up, do they actually acknowledge whether or not like, okay, this product is ass and we shouldn't actually be sending people to it. Well, I think some people, I, I think there are, um, I, I think if your product is uh, maybe not so great. It's going to get found out. Yeah, all the fake reviews won't get you by. That's why I think word of mouth is is one of the only legitimate forms of marketing, is because it depends entirely on whether or not your product is quality. Well, yeah, and and you know, and again, I see products that are that are maybe not quality that have that have really great messages, and um, and you know, and again, there's there's you you have to when you when you're you know when you're I guess getting the word out about your product. Uh, so the question is: Do people, you know, we you know, we had this conversation. There was a, you know, the, we were talking about, uh, you know, the why behind companies, right? Um, and you know, are, are companies in tune with their why? And and so, you know, but and I think in order for your why to resonate with other with other you know with with uh, with potential customers, there there has to be some alignment, right, between the between the why and you know why you might might you get this product around because I could be really passionate about something that nobody else cares about. And so that's a, you know, that's something you got to kind of have to factor in as well. Is it, so yeah, the product may be crap, but does it matter? Well, and you have to, again, it's a different world where you're dealing with reviews, whether they are legitimate or not. Uh, but I mean, really, if you want to go back, there's one thing that seems to work in marketing and it always has, and that is the magic of the word free, which is something that's been covered elsewhere by a bunch of different people much smarter than me uh one of the places was in a book called predictably irrational by uh, an mit professor dan ariel that talked about the whole free thing as opposed to not and the example that they gave and this just to me blows my mind and how people can see things in such weird and such distorted ways and part of marketing is to be a you know part shaman parts uh, sociologist part you know you're looking into somebody's brain and you're really trying to make them do something that you want and if you understand how the brain works you can do that and the example they gave with the extent that the word free or the concept of free has on the human brain was amazon at one point didn't have their whole free shipping thing you know if you spend 25 35 bucks whatever the level of entry was to get free shipping they didn't have that so when they started that they did this around the whole world as you know amazon's this huge conglomerate who of course doesn't just have amazon in the u.s they have different amazons all around the world so everybody on amazon went to free shipping and everybody's sales all of those amazon the sales jumped the only one where it didn't jump was amazon in france and Amazon in France, for some reason, rather than going to free shipping, they decided to be different. The French, I don't know why, but they went to one franc, which is basically the equivalent of two cents. So if you hit that bar of $35, whatever the amount was in France, you didn't get free shipping. You had to pay two whole cents 
they did not see an increase in sales at all. They took the one franc out and made it free. They had the jump everybody else did. So it's really not even something that can be looked at in a way that makes sense logically to dudes named Ben, people that work with mathematics and everything else. It literally makes no sense that the equivalent of saying, well, we're not going to give you free shipping. It'll be a penny. And there was no change to, well, we'll change that penny to free and the sales will go up. I mean, what's a penny? How does that have any effect? What does that even say about the human mind and how hard it is to maybe either how hard it is or how easy it is to market to people when weird, seemingly insignificant things like the change in the shipping cost from a penny to free can actually have a major effect on the amount of sales you're doing. It's pretty wild, I think. There's definitely something to that. And, and companies do give things, you know, some 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 amount of stuff away for free with the hopes that you'll spend more money on whatever it is. I mean, again. Well, even with the physical goods, they took a look, and this again is looking into how the human mind works. They, at, at MIT, maybe it was another college, they set up this little study that they were doing. They had a table out in the quad area, whatever it was, where they had... Starbucks can't, or uh, let's see, Starbucks on the mind, Starburst, the little candies. And they went one hour one way, one hour another, and they, they switched back and forth a few times. And for one hour, they would be selling the candies for a penny a piece. And they had a little sign, you know, come get your Starburst, a penny a piece. The next hour, they'd flip the sign over, Starburst candy free. And they went back and forth with this. And what they found out was, when the candy was a penny, less people came over to the table, but they ended up buying on average, you know, like 10 pieces where when it was free, way more people came up to the table, but on average took like 1.2, you know, that was the average, like 1.2 piece per person, even though it was free. So it's a very weird thing when you, if you're trying to sit down and figure out exactly how you're going to target an audience and figure out how you're going to uh, get them to pay or what they'll pay for a product. These are some very interesting studies being done where it's like, okay, so if it was free, you'd think somebody would come up and be like, I'd like 50 Starbucks, please, you know, take them and run. But because it was free in this type of a social context where you knew other people might want some and, you know, there are other people around, I guess, watching how many you're taking the people that when it was free, they took way less than when it was when they had to pay a penny. And again, this is some kind of bizarre stuff. If you're a marketer, how do you use that to sell your product? With any good, right, or any good or service, right? There's a cost to provide that to, to provide it, right? There's, you know, in the in the with physical goods, what they call it is, you know, you know, cost of, you know, they call it cogs. I think is the is the term, you know, cost of goods and services. So there's a fixed, there's a cost for each widget you produce or each each thing that um, you um, you do, right? So you kind of have to factor that in, and that's and, and but. That's unfortunately you can't necessarily pick that plus you know some percentage right. Uh, the market may not want to pay for that, and so you know a lot of a lot of times I know what, what I what I see um, what I see companies doing is sometimes they'll ask a customer, okay, what, what would you be willing to pay for this? Um, so there's there, there's there's a I'm, and I don't even get into the market research part of it. I mean there are people that that that's what they do is that they try to figure out okay so um, what is somebody willing to pay for something and then how do I how do I do how do I make that profitable? When I was working on Windows Seven. Uh, so this would be at least 
10, 12 years ago, uh, they, there were entire teams in windows who were trying to figure out business models that would allow us to sell windows as a subscription and windows 10, we've come pretty close. They, they managed it with office. They, uh, it's the, the idea from the company's perspective, it's a complete no brainer that if, if you can get somebody to pay you monthly, then everything goes a lot smoother and you don't have to weather the concern about like, I, I mean, if nothing else, uh, if there's a bad PR scare, uh, you know, how, how do you, how do you handle on the books is like, we have one month that's really down and now the shareholders hate us. Just, just to be clear, the, the cost of constant updates is not only borne by the, the company doing the updates. Uh, if, if you want to know my opinion on it, go back and listen to grumpy old Ben's number 11, where I, I discuss why, uh, if, if the only software updates we were offered were security, then software updates would be a much less onerous task. But uh, the, the updates are being pushed out for the benefit of, of people for, for a number of reasons, one of which is uh, that you just mentioned is it, it makes the software more sticky. If you know that in order to get the latest version of this thing, uh, all I have to do is just stick with the updates. Whereas if I want the latest version of the other thing, I have to go out and find it and install it. And, and it's a huge pain. And, and for that reason, that's, that's another reason why uh, having subscription model is, is of course beautiful for the big companies. So are you saying Microsoft sucks? Well, it, it, it is kind of our thing on this show for me to say that at least once per episode. I just had to throw that out there. Well, and then thanks to uh, John Fletcher for this brand new clip. Microsoft sucks. I get zero fucks. Because Microsoft sucks. Yeah, you know you're saying something a lot when you need to have an audio clip for it. But <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, you <laughs> might I be love, biased. I love Fletcher. He, he, he's amazing. Uh, that, that, that dude is, that dude's hilarious. And yeah. And yeah, well, you know, I, I think, and I think it, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. So, th- but th- that's how the companies are, you know, thinking about this, right. It's like, okay, well there's, cause people do expect their stuff to, you know, to at least continue to work. Right. It's like, it, it cause it, because it, it talks with the outside world. It's, it's, you know, it's like if I buy a knife, right. Just as an example, right. The knife, the, the knife doesn't really interact that much with the outside world. It's going to, you know, the knife is going to, I mean, I've got knives that are older than I am. Right. And that, that, that's still work um yeah but but there's but right. yeah, but yeah whereas uh, you know unfortunately like a mobile so, phone soon right? to be banned by the left coast legislatures uh, yeah yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a topic for right. another time but um you know whereas something like a smartphone and that's, if the stabbiness yeah, well you know if the stabbiness <laughs> of the knife wears off you just need a rock and to rub it a little bit and you're you're good yeah well, Update. yeah, there's, it's, yeah, the, people can sharpen knives. I mean, there's, there's ways to do that. That's, and that's usually what happens with a knife is it just gets dull and then you sharpen it again and all's well. Um, and, you know, maybe the handle falls off too, right? But there's, yeah, so there's, but that's a, that's a, that's a fairly simplistic product. Whereas something like a mobile phone, which talks to all these different uh, services and everything is then and tracks you and, you know, you know, we could do a whole show on, you know, on OTG, which you guys probably should actually, I think that because actually, and I think some people we, really, we, we actually, kind of have about three times but never that was never the direct topic but we definitely touch on it all i did one on random thoughts i did a full otg show yeah and i think and, and i think people you know and this is you know and i i, I interact with other people in the community who kind of who, who get the wrong idea about otg it's it's not just uh you know at least as at least as adam talks about it, it it's it's about it's really about disconnecting from everything right it's 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 really you know keeping your connectivity you know 
to the absolute minimum and not having all the distractions and everything. And there's something to be said for that. Uh, and so, and for, and for me, you know, it's not even, it's not even directly about disconnecting from things that you're doing. I mean, if there are things that are hurting you or, or that you realize that yours are not part of your life and you're paying for, then absolutely go disconnect for them. But for me, the simplest, easiest first step is to start to critically analyze when somebody tries to give you something new and go, is this something I actually need? Is this going to make my my life better? Because it it's not so much that that we're connected to things and those things are sapping our lives. I mean, they're to a certain extent sort of, but we're constantly being bombarded with the newest thing we have to have. And nowhere is that more obvious than in the Silicon Valley lifestyle, where if you look at a tech enthusiast show, then the the new thing every single week there's something brand new that you absolutely have to connect to because it's awesome although i do find it interesting that the difference between a tech enthusiast and a dude named ben is the dude named ben tends to be aware of all these things and go yeah but there's so many ways that could go wrong yeah what the what the marketing the interesting thing is when you see all the stuff and they're pushing these products they're not relying on giving you facts and figures what are they doing to get you to buy these products well, they could be doing all kinds of things. Um, and that's, but in, in some, cause well, first it, of all, they're putting on shows like, oh yeah, tech enthusiast shows. Yeah. But they're, but they're targeting your emotions. That's, you know, that's the bottom line with advertising with almost all the stuff that goes on from the, you know, the beer ads that have, you know, women in bikinis running around and all that, all advertising more or less plays upon your emotions. And there's a good reason for that, uh, I did a show on bias, which talked about a lot of the things, how easy it is to convince somebody with emotion rather than convincing them of something with facts and figures. I mean, you really don't want to sit there and have to give all the specs of a product. You don't really want to have to explain anything about your beer. You don't even have to. You don't really want to say how it tastes. You just want to be like, hey, if you drink this, you'll be cool. And there's a lot of that kind of stuff which goes on with the marketing, the whole kind of aspect about it. And it was one of the things that was also talked about in the predictably irrational book, which I thought was a, a very disturbing, but also a very interesting study that they did. They took a bunch of guys because they said guys' brains wired a little bit differently, and they wanted to know how they would answer certain questions, how they would look at certain things if they were in a normal, non-emotional state. And if they were in a state of arousal, so they provided them with special laptops, hopefully with a lot of hand sanitizer and their you know, kind of all this kind of stuff done to these things after they were used. But they took their groups and they asked questions of these guys uh, when they were in the normal state and when they were sexually aroused. Do, do you still have the sign up link for this? Uh, asking for a friend. I don't think it's still going on, but the. The results, I clipped a few of these because I thought they were very interesting and, again, very telling when it comes down to looking at at least the male brain when how susceptible it is and how the decisions you make and the frame of mind that you're in when you're in a more emotional, activated state, including it was one of the questions was, can you imagine having sex with a 60-year-old woman? And this was basically college-age guys. When oh, they were not oh, aroused. Oh, I can't imagine 7%. that's the problem. 
<laughs> All right, maybe that's, but would you actually imagine doing it? 7% when non aroused said they could imagine having sex with a 60 year old woman. When aroused, what percentage do you think that goes to? From 7% non aroused, could you imagine having sex with a 60 year old woman? What does that go up to when aroused? Any guesses? Uh, 33%. Uh, <laughs> the magic number is close. <laughs> Absolutely. 23. 23%. So a, a difference, a 229% between non-aroused and aroused. So again, the male brain, a very interesting thing. Could you enjoy having sex with someone you hated? Well, sure. Why not? Uh, 53% said yes. If duct tape involved. Non-aroused. Uh, is what involved? If there, was, if there was duct tape and chloroform involved, maybe. Okay, that's another question coming up, but it goes from 53 to 77%, 45% increase of having sex with someone you hated. Uh, And this one, again, this gets into the Me Too thing. Would you keep trying to have sex after your date says no? Non-aroused guys say 20% say yes. What do you think that jumps up to aroused? Uh, 50%. I didn't know know there'd be a pop quiz on this show. (laughs) <laughs> Memrose doesn't like game shows, I guess. 45%, so very close, phone boy. That's an increase of 125% would answer that question differently between being aroused and not. Um, and here, again, in the Me Too, this is a Bill Cosby question. This kind of gets to the chloroform of the Memrose situation. Would you slip a woman a drug to increase the chance that she would have sex with you? Not aroused. Only 5% of guys said yes, they would consider drugging a woman. What do you think that goes to arouse? You even want to guess, Sir Bemrose? I I really hope that that it's 5%. 26%. An increase of 420%. The aroused male mind is, is a very scary thing. And the last question we clipped here, because this, again, goes to the Jeffrey Epstein of the situation. Can you imagine being attracted to a 12 year old girl? Not aroused again. These were college guys, so eighteen to twenty-two, still a little bit over twelve years old. But twenty-three percent answered yes. Not aroused. That doubled to forty-six in an aroused state. So this is something. If you're looking at this from a marketing standpoint, you want guys to be aroused to make really stupid decisions and buy your shit. Uh, all you have to do is look at a ma- any beer commercial, and you understand, or uh, any ad on. Sex sells. That's that's been known to marketers for decades. Yeah, time memorial. I would suspect. Um, now, actually, so listening to this whole uh, th- this whole conversation, uh, it, 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 tie it back to something that no agenda is that you know. So you know, there, there's been a lot of uh, terms thrown around about um, you know or, you know when, you know people calling each other names on on the uh, you know on the on the on the social nets for uh, for uh, uh, espousing different views or certain certain epithets have been been uh, uh, have, have been. Uh, hurled at our uh racist yeah exactly yeah um and i think and 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 it's and yeah and that's because and and so no there were not the minute you switched from having a logical conversation to an emotion you know so you you know you're triggering somebody emotionally by by calling somebody right uh, you know different names or whatever you know then then the whole nature of the argument changes and and that's yeah that's you know that's a uh yeah i won't i won't say it's a form of marketing but that's a but yeah that but people are using those techniques in other ways as well it's not just it's not just a marketing technique it's a you know it's it's a form of persuasion of which marketing is a subcategory 
Well, exactly. So it's if, if people are using that to persuade people, and that yeah, and so it's and and yeah, and we we know how toxic some of that has been. Yeah, males who are aroused make uh, terrible decisions. I think I think I don't think I needed the study to tell me this though. <laughs> hey, I just wasn't aware how much of a change there was, and that was it was a little disturbing. I mean, I college age. I mean, I guess maybe that's you also have to really factor that in. But it was kind of disturbing. I I, I wonder about this study's method though, because uh, to be honest. I, I'm surprised if they were able to find enough males who were not aroused to participate at, of college age. <laughs> that's, that's well, yes, I, that's their ba- level base level of arousal to then taking your laptop, viewing some images. And uh, I mean, they had a whole it was a whole science, man. They even had a, they even had a little uh, two button switch. So that, they wanted your laptop on the left of your bed or wherever you were um, having fun with yourself. And then you had this other little thing with the two answers. So you could have the two buttons. They wanted to make sure that was very available. So while you were doing your thing, they were showing images. And once you, I don't know if they were doing a heart rate monitor or something, but while they were showing images, so this is the weirdest porn site ever between the porn images, they would pop up a question and have you answer. It's very disturbing even to think about the methodology, but that's how they did this, Okay, which is, uh, I'll be showing you. I'm going to withdraw my request to uh, get into this study now. If if you're going (laughs) to have some kind of, if I wanted that kind of invasive data collection while I'm in the process of having sex or sleeping or in my bedroom, I just install the Facebook app. I don't need this study for that. Oh, you're not on Facebook. Well, I'm I'm not. Who's been, who have I been sending all that money to? You're not Ryan. Oh, geez. That's bad. You, You never trust anybody on Facebook. But this is interesting stuff looking at into how the mind works and marketing is really it is 99% emotional. There's no doubt about it. You're trying to give people a feeling. I mean, when you see these ads for, say, Disney World, you know, I mean, they understand you're showing Mickey Mouse and the rides and all this stuff, but really they're looking to give you a feeling. That's what you know, they want you to go. Oh, I wish I was there. Every advertisement, every bit of marketing is emotional it's very rare that you're looking at a piece of advertising except maybe for those dudes named ben you know if you're looking for a brand new cpu okay you're looking for clock speed there's really not much more you could do there but for most things when it comes down to food liquor vacations clothing there's all this stuff it's all based around emotions is it not yeah, emotions. Yeah, emotions drive a lot of decisions for sure. Um, and that's you know, and, that, and that I think you know, we we and it's funny because sometimes we'll try to rationalize our decisions, right? But it ultimately the the thing that triggered it was an emotional decision, and that's you know, so and that makes it really hard sometimes to make decisions because it's like you because you, because and it is very easy to to make an emotional decision, but uh, you know, I, I, something I learned a long time ago is that if I if I feel really emotional emotional about something, let me let it let's. You know, let it. I try not to make that decision because I oftentimes I make the wrong decision when I'm emotional as opposed to when I'm able to be rational and say, yeah, we should do that or not. Uh, so, um, but not everybody's like that. Well, emotions in, in, in the history of humanity, emotions have played a, an extremely valuable part uh, because they are a short circuit around the rational mind, which tends to be slow and sometimes when uh, a, a scary predator jumps out from behind a rock uh you you don't have time to sit there and 
think about the pros and cons rationally of, of well, do you think I could take this, uh, you know, or should I grab a, no, no, you're going to get scared and you're going to run. And the people who did that way back in the day are the people who survived long enough to have generations of descendants and then eventually us. So emotions are a really valuable thing for uh, making decisions for us that have to do with survival. Uh, the thing that is what I consider the real tragedy of, of propaganda in general, but, but I put Mario lump marketing in this because of course I'm, I'm bigoted against marketing is that th- those very same emotions uh, we we've now got psychologists who exist for the purpose of coming up with ways to manipulate us into making irrational decisions using those emotions. And now those very same emotions have become a liability. And that's really the root problem that I, you know, the reason why so many episodes ago I said marketing is evil and must all die is because uh, I see the kind of manipulation and the built-in incentive in uh, amongst all marketing to do that very manipulation because it makes you more money. And I know that there are a lot of people, most marketers are human and most humans are inherently good without strong incentive to do otherwise. And so a lot of people want to be good, but when you have financial incentive to do evil, it's difficult to in, in aggregate to see good come out of it. Well, the real question for me, for you then is this, Ryan, how many of the, what percentage of the items that you own are actually essential for you to be having a good, happy life? Oh, and I, what percentage? I, I, I wouldn't even hazard at what percentage I'm an archivist like Dvorak. I never throw anything away. Yeah. Well, yeah, you should see what my office looks like. Speaking of archivist. Um, yeah, I can, I can completely relate to that. Uh, over the years I've, I, um, you know, one of the things you learn when traveling is you realize what you actually really need in life and because and because you can't carry every all of your stuff with you so um you know I, I think if i were honest with myself i could probably get rid of you know 90 to 95 percent of the stuff that i have and and be and be fairly self-sufficient right um it's i think it's an exercise to be able to okay how can, can you pack your life into two small bags i do it you know fairly regularly so i've got a pretty good idea of what i really need um and you know there's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm staring at stuff that that I've had in you know in high school and before, right? That in my office here, I got plenty of, uh, plenty of books and and various little things. But yeah, and this, I think there's a um, yeah. I think we all have too much stuff. It's just and, and, and this is part of the consumer society. It's like oh, just buy more. And you know, I mean, we have places to put stuff when our houses aren't big enough for the stuff that we, you know for all the stuff that we have, right? It's so, but at a, at a certain point, it's then you need yeah, a storage yeah, you need, space. You need to rent storage space exactly. So. Um, or, or you just buy a bigger house, which is the, you know, which is what some people do too. And, and so there's a, um, I think we, yeah, I think, I think we could all do with a few less things, but really when you look at the marketing dollars spent, aren't most of them right now being spent on consumables and luxuries more than things that are essential for, for life. I mean, there's a, if you're going to be selling the $5 coffee, you got to get the people in the door to sell it where, you know the, the little diners that are selling them for fifty cents a cup. They're not really doing front well, page yeah. ads. Well, there's yeah, there's yeah, there's a whole yeah. Everything you know, everything you make has a cost for it, right? And it's the question. And so yeah, and you know, part of the pricing is recovering the cost. You know, recovering the cost, all the costs that go into it, and which is not just the cost of making it, but the cost of all the other parts of your business, right? So it's it's a yeah. So this, that's that's why sometimes price. That's why sometimes the pricing for things you just kind of shake your head and go, why am I why are they charging this for that? 
perhaps maybe that's why Starbucks is so expensive, right? Is because they because they have this huge marketing machine that they have to keep, you know, and, and the number of people that work for Starbucks is 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 outstanding. And just in terms of the, you know, so yeah, that's so yeah, they have to they have to keep all that going. So that's why the prices are so high. I have I have a, a Microsoft anecdote if if you'd like to hear it. Of course. No, not at all. It's, <laughs> uh, it, it was, uh, I want to say maybe 2010, there, there was a push at the Microsoft cafeterias uh, about, about exactly the single use things. Uh, the Microsoft cafeterias had been handing out plastic forks for years and years. And somebody went through and calculated exactly how much trash was being generated by all these plastic the plastic ware that gets used once and thrown away. And, uh, you know, I'm, well, I was about to say I'm as environmentalist as the next guy, but living here in the left coast, there's no way I could be that crazy. Uh, but I, I understand that, that we probably ought to save this world for the next generation. And, and there's certainly no benefit to being wasteful. Uh, so I, I looked on with interest to their, uh, Basically, what they tried to do in all of the cafeterias was they try, started trying out biodegradable foods. And uh, you, you mentioned the, the phrase use once, which is what these plastic spoons were. Uh, their first several attempts, and, and this was uh, each attempt would go on for four months while they cycled these things through the cafeterias, they would take all the plastic out because nobody was allowed to use plastic at all. If, if you ever let somebody fall back to plastic, then your experiment has failed. And they would give us these paper-based biodegradable things. And what we ended up with was use zero. Uh, it, there was, you know, the first couple attempts, the forks would uh, collapse when you tried to put them into steak. Um, I, I, I used to use the soup bar and the biodegradable spoons would melt and become part of the soup. Um, <laughs> and it, Yum. It, I I would report some of these things to them and you know eventually it took uh, about 2 or 3 years they finally settled on something that was mostly stable but it was this cornstarch based stuff that it 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 survived contact with the food which was good and that that brought it back up to the standard of plastic but you could taste it and it made all of your food taste like cornstarch so what I and a couple other people eventually ended up doing was going out to the local supermarkets and buying a 10 pack of disposable plastic ware that we kept in our offices. Now, ultimately, the benefit to, to reusing things was served because, at least in my case, a 10 pack, I didn't want to buy a 10 pack every two weeks. So uh, I actually went to the kitchen and washed the plastic ware and used it in uh, six or seven times before it finally fell apart. And then I didn't, but the, the, the funny thing about it is the cafeteria was they decided to identify a problem, which is we're handing people plastic ware and they're using it once and throwing it away. And the way that they resolved the problem eventually drove us to bring our own plastic ware to the cafeteria. 
No, I don't think it is either. Ultimately, people will figure out ways to do it. And it's like, well, why don't you just use, you know, regular, you know, I don't know. It doesn't have to be high quality silverware, but use silverware and have it be washed or whatever. And that's, you know, I think that's that's sort of the other side of this. Okay, we're using less plastic, but okay, we're going to have to use more water now to wash all this stuff, right? So, so there's there's a cost. So, you know, nothing comes without a cost. So you have to figure it out. Okay, well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, they they don't or they you know they don't want to deal with you know having a kitchen that then that has to wash all this stuff and you know and and, and I and I've worked in that I worked in I've worked in a cafeteria where I had to you know where, where I had to put you know put the put the crazy crap that people had on their dishes and you know and put, and put the dishes in the dishwasher and you know and all the you know and all the silverware and everything and make sure it all came out clean and you know, I've done that before that was a I tell. I tell you, my, my absolute favorite thing about washing dishes in a commercial kitchen was that big ass sprayer that hung over the <laughs> sink and you'd reached up and you grabbed it and it gave you this hypersonic water jet that you pointed at a plate. And if you got your finger in the way, you're losing a finger, but it would take all of the food crap off in one spray. And I want one for well, my kitchen. Yeah, Just in the we all need that. I'm sure you can get those, but that's but yeah. So there, everything has a cost to it, and it's and yeah. So I, the question is, is you reusing all the you know using all that water, right? But now the nice thing about water is that you can you know it can get cleaned and and you know and go back out into the world, right? I don't think it's so. You know, it's not like it's not like water, you know. And it literally, yeah, especially falls especially from the in sky. the uh, greater People's Republic of Greater Seattle, it, it does that quite often. So. Um, Although there, although I will say that we do, we, we do get, we do, we do get more sun than people think. So, uh, but anyway, that that's, but that's, yeah. So there, I, I, shut up, <laughs> shut up. You shut up right now. We do not need well, any more California. Somebody who originally, yeah. Yeah. As it I say, originally came from time. California. So yeah, but I did, but I came in the nineties. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, no, it rains all the time. It is permanently soggy and wet <laughs> and you'll hate it. Stop moving here. There's, there's gotta be a beginning clip there somewhere. <laughs> And stop bringing fact, your plastic straws. In fact, it's sunny and raining <laughs> and, and, and outside way, right it, now. It, it, I just it, it want you to know. Literally, do that here from time to time. It's just like okay, so it's you know, I, I I joke that at certain times of the year, you just if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes, it'll change. And, and the mentioning of the plastic straws, I mean, that did trigger me slightly. It's one thing I forgot when I did my last uh, Random Thoughts podcast about going to my first baseball game in like three years was the souvenir soda that i bought which was six dollars and maybe six fifty something like that for the 32 ounces of watered down coca-cola in the big ass plastic cup with the big ass plastic cap that goes on top of it they is, provided is ass plastic biodegradable it is not and they okay. provided a fucking paper straw with it that disintegrated within like three minutes so it's like marketing fail fuck you chicago white Sox. you and your paper fucking straws you want people to come back to a ball game and spend 650 on a soda and you 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 have a plastic cup you have plastic caps you have so much plastic going on but the straw was where they wanted to make their stand and it pissed me off because it was literally just totally useless so that was complete the straw itself was completely a waste but you know i I don't know if that has much to do with marketing except for the fact that you know the team made themselves look like fools and but i'm sure they're not the only ones around the major league baseball and the other sports that are doing this kind of stuff it's you virtual, know, paper straws are you know, we talked, we talked, yeah, and that's, yeah, I don't know that for, yeah, I've, I, th- I think I've tried to, pl- uh, you know, the, the paper straws recently and I'm like, okay, these, the, these aren't that great. I want a real straw, but I, and, and, and you know, with, with coffee, it, it actually does make a huge difference as to whether you're drinking from the top or the bottom for, you know, depend. 
Um, at least most of the uh, actually, yeah, I, I joke that car- that Starbucks mostly uh, serves a sugar filled uh, or coffee flavored sugar drinks because um, that's what most of what they have. Yeah, I was I was about to say with a Starbucks drink, the top and bottom should be the same because it's pure sugar and they mix it so well. Well, I actually, actually, yeah. So I don't have their sugar drinks. I, I drink Americano, iced Americanos, or or you know, or, or cold brew or whatever. So it's it's basically all it's all coffee. Um, if I if I put cream in it, then yeah, it does kind of matter whether it's at the top or the bottom, and so it does change the flavor a bit. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I watch I watch some of the drinks that come out of Starbucks, and I'm like, okay, no wonder we have a diabetes epidemic in this world. Yeah, and Baron Walkman says I hate turtles because I don't like it's. That's what the plastic straws had to go away for is to help the turtles. That was right. You know, I thought that was also the little the, what, the, what do you call all, the plastic for is the this six all packs? Because that that one turtle that that was trying to defy its parents and went through the punk phase where it got piercings and and right. was wearing the straw. Is that? I'm pretty sure that's what was happening as far as I could tell. It, it was just the, the punk phase of the turtle. Yeah, I don't quite get it. I don't quite understand it. And there's so much plastic that, like you said, it is just completely virtue signaling, but these companies are being kind of uh, egged into this corner by, you know, the global warming bullshit and all this other stuff that, Oh, for the planet, we have to do any little thing we can. I thought it was hilarious when Starbucks decided to for their cold drinks, which again, those kind of need a straw, but they came out then with the lids um, that were shaped in the way that, Except for the, you know, the icy drinks, the cold uh, drinks you could use with this lid. It was kind of like a lid combined with a straw. And it turned out that the new lids actually used way more plastic than a straw and the old lid combined. But, you know, it was only one piece instead of two. So that's better, right? Aside from the general disgust at at virtue signaling and uh, well, I mean, you can even signal your virtue as long as you're doing it for a reason other than than pure virtue signaling it's it's the the saying hey look how awesome i am for no purpose other than to say how awesome you are when you're having an empty gesture and i i I mean yes that's disgusting but you know i i understand the desire to not fuck up our planet i just wish that that they would be a little more thoughtful about how they're doing it because if if you decide to and the the way this usually works is you end up with some authoritative or authoritarian local government pushing down thou shalt which which is of course the worst way to implement any policy ever uh they will push down you will change this and you end up with a, a much worse result like the straw that disintegrates inside your drink well that's not better for anybody because now not only have you not solved the problem, but you've also made the experience worse. You've made people hate you for it. That's, that's the opposite of marketing. That's, that's going in and, and saying, you know, screw you. We don't want these customers. We just want to look good for the TV. Well, it might very well that be, but I, I think maybe. Um, you know, again, calling back to uh, a previous no agenda topic, uh, you know, a, a lot of these companies are virtue signaling because they don't really know what their why is anymore. Or they've lost touch with their why. And so they're to, to try and be relevant and try to be, you know, it's like, it's like the whole discussion around, uh, you know, uh, brands adopting uh, Pride Month, right? When, when, you know, so they, 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 they trotted out a, uh, you know, their, their rainbow uh, colors when, uh, when, you know, when, when it suited their, uh, you know, their, their, their marketing or right? it 
so yeah i think some of it is all is coming you know, some of it is being mandated by local municipalities or whatever uh, in other cases it's being um you know, they, yeah, they're they're doing it because oh, we're, we, we um, you know, we, we want you to like us, and so we're gonna we're gonna do this thing that uh, you know that that might not uh, that may not actually solve the real problem, right? And and you know, so it's like, how do you tell the difference between somebody that actually believe you know that, that some or a company or whatever that legitimately believes that they're trying to do something versus just one that vir- is virtue signaling uh, to try to get you to 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 spend more money with them? Yeah, it's it, I I don't honestly give a crap whether they believe they're doing something right. Because if they're not doing something right, they need to be told about it. it if, if you have some consultant in, in the company who says, oh, well, uh, we need to save the Pacific garbage patch. And for that, we're going to move to plastic cups or paper cups that disintegrate when you pour water into them. That's not right. I don't care if, if you have all of the propaganda and persuasiveness in the world to persuade people. It's objectively wrong. Why, why is it that these people have lost the ability to be objective? Well, because it's absolutely it's virtue signaling to the insane nth degree. And I saw this, I mean, I'll keep blasting on the white Sox. That's been something I've enjoyed doing over the last few years, but they're having their LG. The white Sox is your Microsoft. It pretty much is, you know, but they're having their LGBTQ, whatever it is, pride night coming up. And I see this stuff and it's like, I don't mind that. But then who gets to decide who is on the slate? If you're going to have that, then what else are you going to have? I mean, who gets to decide just like you can have Black History Month. But if you somebody were to say, well, we should have white history month. Well, you're a racist. Well, we want well Black History Month. Is that are black people racist because they would like black history month i don't really understand and this is the problem when you're a company and you start jumping on some of these causes and by by the bare default i mean although baseball maybe is different because you have 81 fucking home games so maybe you could do a day for everything under the sun but there's only so much time but if you're going to have you know the gay pride night at a ballpark then shouldn't you have a straight event or shouldn't you have I mean, who are you leaving out? Because then you might be leaving out, you know, transgenders who are pansexual and it becomes very confusing and it starts becoming questionable on if these people should do any of this kind of marketing and pandering to specific groups, because you really run a risk of pissing off a fan base that is going well, we were always inclusive of every fucking buddy. We don't say you can't come into the ballpark if you're gay. We don't say you can't come into the ballpark if you're any gender, if you're any race, if you're any religion. So the start, you know, that when you start having things like, you know, Muslim Heritage Night at the ballpark, things start getting a little bit weird. Well, especially if it doesn't align with what the with the with uh, you know something. If, you know, I, I don't know if the, if the team had a Muslim, uh, you know, I don't know history or something. That would no, I was, that was just pushing it a little bit. I think, but I'm sure somebody did somewhere. Well, that's yeah. So it, it kind of it, it dep- yeah it depends on you know it depends on the situation, right? If, if if all of a sudden out of the blue, then they start doing that, then okay, that might be um, maybe a little. It could be disingenuous, right? And it, but it's uh, you know, it, but sometimes you know, sometimes in marketing, you're going to make mistakes, right? You're there's been the, we can. We, we, I'm sure we all have our uh, our list of marketing fails that we've done. Um, and uh, new coke. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, that, that that wasn't that wasn't one I was that immediately came to mind. But yes, there, there's there's plenty of those. Um, but that's and that and that's uh yeah. So so you know I think brands are trying to experiment with a lot of things. And and you know by the way on social media 
brands can experiment very easily and, and you know that's you know so you make a mistake and say okay we don't do that again and we move on right um you know, I think you, you know, in some cases you have to own up to your mistakes, and you know, and that's and the, some or some brands really make some bad mistakes, and you know, and sometimes it ends up being a good thing, and sometimes. Well, but not. they're getting hit. They're getting hit for so much. I think it was Macy's. Did you see the story the other day where they had a line of dishware that was out there, and on one of the dishes they had like uh, circles around, so they got larger as the plate went out further. So this was basically kind of trying to give you portion control, I guess. And the smallest circle on the inside, I think, said skinny jeans. And then like a little bit further out, it said normal jeans. And like all the way at the you know full plate was mom jeans. And somebody complained. They're like, you're right. We were insensitive. We'll take these off the market right now. And this is the kind of stuff that is absolutely nuts that people are getting triggered by these little things that they're finding things offensive that in the, at the very most that might be a bad joke. But I think even women looking to lose weight would look at that plate and go, Oh, well that's kind of cute. I don't know how anybody is so offended that they're going after a company to remove these types of things from their stock. But it's like, where are we? Can you really even uh, do a whole lot of experimentation with this stuff? Because any little mistake now is getting you just basically taken out and flawed well, isn't it i think so i think something there is something um you know when, when you're doing you know when you're doing marketing right that that that, that um, anytime somebody's talking about you um that can that can be an ultimate that, that serves to increase awareness that may not be the right kind of awareness but uh um but you, you might you know, like there's certain ad campaigns that certain companies have run over the years that you either love or you hate right but you remember them right and that's you know that that's if you if you're talking about them then that's you know, and, and, and you can, and of course, now you can track that easily to say how many people are talking about my brand. Well, that is a, um, you know, that, that actually serves a purpose, right? In, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. So even if you do make a mistake, it can have a positive benefit. And yeah, it's, so the outrage over, you know, like the Nike outrage or the, or the, you know, the, which, uh, yeah, the, the, the people are, I mean, people are talking about, right. The Betsy Ross yeah, sneakers. Um, and I, I also think that, that the, Social media in general has put an amplifier into every single teapot out there because when one of the tens of thousands suddenly has a tempest in it, everybody hears about it instantly. And I think that our society would be a whole lot better off if some people could just chill the fuck out once in a while. Oh, well, yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's because the, yeah, the internet, the internet outrage machine is something that, yeah, I mean, it just, it just rages on. And, you know, that's where like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll sit there and read, you know, Twitter and Facebook and go look and, and, um, and, and I just say, okay, I need to turn this off because this is not doing it. And so people get outraged over the same thing and it, and it all, it, and I, and, and sometimes I think the outrage um, does not solve the, uh, you know, the, this is like the people, the thing that they're outraged about is not going away. It's, you know, you know, I actually think, you know, um, you know, all of the outrage that people, uh, you know, spew about president Trump, whatever he's doing. Right. Um, I actually think that's serving to, uh, to keep, yeah. Orange, Orange man. man dad, dad. Exactly. Yeah. When, when you, yeah. I, I wish I, I think I have that clip somewhere. I should, I should, uh, I should upload it. But anyway, the, Usually, when I look for no agenda clips, I, the first place there I check you, is there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's it, it does it does take a little bit of time to get the stuff up there, which is why I don't keep it as up to date. And there, and people produce so many wonderful clips, it's hard to it's hard to uh, keep up with everything that comes across the show. So, um, but anyway, the, it, but it's but yeah, I think that outrage actually, yeah, it, 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 I think it's I think it 
you know, it's one of the reasons I think Trump is, you know, probably going to win the next election is because pe- there's people are spending so much time actually like just, you know, focusing, you know, in, you know, in, in saying stuff about him, you know, good or bad. Right. I think it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an example of, yeah, this is, this is when, you know, even, even on, you know, the, the last show they were, you know, talking about this, it's like, okay, well, all of this outrage is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just serving to keep it. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I think the, the media has spent, spent so much time covering, Trump, um, good or bad, that it's that it's that that people are voting for him, and so you know, I think I, I you know, and I've and I've often said that the, the that if if you really want to if you really want to you know you really want want Trump to go away, stop talking about him um, because you know that. Well, yeah, you know. that's marketing one hundred and one. We talked about how this works on emotions. The problem when you're getting hit with the same message twenty four seven for two years in a row is that you become numb to it. So I don't care how much emotion these people are going out there and screaming into the air and how upset they are. And all of these talking heads that want to keep telling us how stupid everybody is that's supporting Trump and how he's a criminal and all this, it all just starts melding into nothing. I mean, it comes down to the fact that there's so much of it that people have become desensitized to it, which is why you start worrying that, the only way to up something like this would actually be, you know, physical violence. And, and we're starting to see that in certain places, including out in Sir Bemrose's area, you know, where Antifa is roaming the streets and people are actually getting roughed up. And this is what happens when a message has been overtly put into people's heads over and over again, that you really that emotional part, you start losing it because it's. It's again, it's one of those things to where if you didn't see it for a, you didn't hear something for a long time and then it came back. You know, maybe you can get that emotion back, but that overload, as with anything else, has a negative yeah, effect. Exactly. It's it's yeah, the continual. It's you know. And, and by the way, it's you know biology too. I mean, you know, you know, it's like uh, you know, like diabetes is it is a, is a you know type two diabetes is it's insulin resistance, right? You you have so much insulin, you're producing so much insulin, your body just starts ignoring what it's what the what it's trying to tell you, and so it ups the insulin, right? And that's and I, and I watch this happen in. The, that's that's basically exactly how I I react yeah, to mainstream so, media. Yeah, you know, and it's so it, exactly what what happens. It's, it's, it's so yeah. That there, there's a reason I'm very limited as what I consume, and and the certain points I just turn it off and know, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go enjoy my uh, you know what I you know go enjoy life somewhere else, right? Or you know not be looking at this stuff because perhaps perhaps we should coin a new term, media diabetes. Oh, good lord. <laughs> the, the, the physiological effects of sugar on your body when you have diabetes is very similar to the mental effects of mainstream media when you're already, you know, uh, you have TDS or you just if I mean, it's just a form of being too hooked into current events and you become addled by it. And then getting more is detrimental to your health. It, well, the real question feels- is: Does Bemrose, does Bemrose Drug Corp already have a drug to deal with media diabetes? Uh, it it will be advertised on the Dark Sewer Network shortly. Yeah. I suspect. I, I, th- I think the, the cure Delightful. is turn off your television and turn off all your you know just yeah and, absolutely. And, and by the way, that's that also works for, to, to an extent for diabetes as well. You want you know you want to stop uh, your insulin from increasing. Stop eating, or at least stop eating sugar. Right? <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> If you if you want to avoid diabetes, turn off your television. That's actually yeah, sound well, advice yeah, for because most there's, Americans. Yeah, because there's so much food advertised that's <laughs> get out and you walk around. It's, yeah, it's, it's a whole other discussion. And and most people don't 
aren't watching TV when they're out walking around and moving and yeah, I'm, exercising. I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah. That's usually what I'm doing. And, and, and I'm usually listening to health podcasts, actually. So, Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, see, now that's just pushing it. If you're listening to health podcasts while getting healthy, isn't that well, just a little yeah. over the top? Well, it's that is, well, yeah, exa- <laughs> so yeah, it depends on which, uh, you know, what day it is as to which one I'm listening to, but yes, it's, I think that there's something to be said. It's like, okay, I'm getting myself into the health mindset. So it's, it's kind of a, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm reinforcing, you know, the, the, you know, the, the jogs and stuff that I've been doing to, to yeah, to, to, uh, uh, to improve my health and, you know, can, uh, yeah, um, you know, outrun father time, which I realize is impossible because father time is undefeated at the end of the day. But I, I guess, I guess to each their own, but for me, the, just the act of getting the main reason I don't exercise enough and, and I don't uh, is it's boring after after you've walked the same routes for a while or you've spent enough time on the same treadmill and you're like, well, there's nothing to see here. The, the whole point to podcast is escaping. The last thing I want is to listen to something that's reminding me that I'm trying to get healthy. Like, yeah, I, I know. But if if you bore me to death. <laughs> OK, Sir Bemrose, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll come out to Seattle. I'll sit up in the trees or the tr- where you're walking, and I'll just take pot shots at you with my nine, and see if that makes it a little bit more exciting for <laughs> you. You bring nine millimeter pistol. I'm sorry, what you're doing? <laughs> I, yes, I, yes. We'll, we'll become high. We'll come very well armed. I, I, I'm afraid that you'll you'll never get your piece past the left coast border patrol. Uh, we we use some, we recently passed. Uh, initiative 1639 around here which is wholly unconstitutional but because it bans assault rifles and redefines a ruger 1022 as an assault rifle uh everybody voted for it and even the attorney general uh was campaigning for it uh, against the law so yeah you're this is a no gun zone yeah, so it, it, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't stop the guns that's for sure uh but yeah, I think no, so. Yeah, and I'm, I'm. By the way, I'm with you on taking the same routes and everything. Unfortunately, I, I live in a, I, you know, I live in a nice enough area that I, that I do. I I try not to do the same route all the time. So I'm so I'm trying to, um, yeah, I, I I do variations of it. I, you know, go down different roads or whatever, just to kind of just to kind of mix it up. And sometimes like there's, um, yeah, there's plenty of trails around here to go run on too. And you know, sometimes I'm stuck. I'm stuck with treadmills because I'm because I'm staying at a hotel and you know, and that's what I have access to, right? Or or, or it's raining outside and then I use my own treadmill, but, uh, but yeah, I get it. It's exercise is kind of boring, but also, but, uh, I don't know, uh, dying is not great either. So it's kind of a, uh, so it's, 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 you know, do something right. And yeah, that, that's it. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm uh, informed. Know, I, I mean, we're all going to die. It's a question of, you know, what's the, what's the quality of your years? Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's the last, it's the last, the last thing. thing well, it's the last thing we will all do. We're all going to die at be. some point. Right. <laughs> Yeah, drop drop the clip here. Yeah, wrapping up this whole marketing clip. Is there any last thoughts you have on this phone boy? Since you're the resident marketing expert, I don't know that I'm an expert. You're the person who got most triggered when when I complained about it. Well, I I did get a little bit triggered. It's just, and, but I I understand the point of view, right? Is that I I understand the perception that yeah, marketing, you know, you know and, and and when I first came into it myself, it's like okay, well, what is this marketing thing anyway, right? And that, I think it's um and and you just and when you start deconstructing what it what what you're doing it's like okay well you know what's objectionable are the techniques je- objectionable is the message objectionable is the product objectionable there's i mean there's others you know there's lots of things that come up in marketing that people attribute to marketing when it's really something else and sometimes it is the marketing that's that's objectionable and sometimes it's what's being marketed that's objectionable and i think that's you uh, know so oftentimes you, it's just the consumerism that's objectionable and 
And now you've got a situation of don't hate the player, hate the game. Well, yeah, and there's believe me, there's plenty of consumerism, right? It's in everything. It's the, the way you know, the, yeah, we've we've evolved quite a bit, and things have you know, th- you know things are uh, disposable now that they used to, that that didn't used to be, um, and uh, you know, people, you know, the whole light, so like light bulbs, right? And it's like, why do I have to replace light bulbs all the time? Shouldn't we have gotten to a point now where I should never have to replace a light bulb ever again? And and the reality is, no, they make the light bulbs. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, the light bulbs have a lifespan to them, kind of almost like programmed in, and then they just die, you know, <laughs> and then you have to replace them. It doesn't matter how expensive the light bulbs are. They, in fact, you know, with all the new like high efficiency bulbs, the cost keeps going up. And uh, lo and behold, what happens is, is that they still die at, at roughly the same rate as they did before. So, uh, so, you know. That's a whole scam, right? It's it's so you know that that's and unfortunately everything has built-in obsolescence now, and and you know and I try to bring as much value out of all of the stuff that I have as as much as I can, but uh, um, you know unfortunately the world keeps uh, keeps going forward, and it's hard to uh, wring as much value out of everything as you possibly can, and so you, you end up with a lot of stuff that uh, you know, could still be used, but uh, you know that yeah that you you end up you end up with an archive full of uh, you know stuff, you know so. Um, or in the immortal words of John C. Dvorak, it's a scam. Exactly. Now that I have a clip of on my site. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> and we, our, our marketing here at Grumpy Old Benz is very simple. We do shows. We tell people about them. And usually in the No Agenda Troll Room, which is available at noagendastream.com. And we talk about it on the social medias. And we're always honored to know people are listening. Love it when people are clipping the show as you did, Foam Boy. I know it still shocks me a little bit. It shocks Sir Bemrose a lot that people even care about what we're saying to the point to where they will go and clip a certain thing and post it out there. So it's much appreciated. Every little bit people do to help us push the show forward, find new listeners, find new dudes named Ben. And of course, we do the value for value model, which we learned from the No Agenda show. And we have a, an executive producer today just came in during the show. This is the wonder of the internet and all this kind of stuff. Again, Jay Finley, Baron Walkman. Instant gratification. Yes. And the note he has in here is dudes named Ben never die. So you guys are you're lying to me when you say we have to die. Phone I boy, told you it's the last thing I want to do. Baron yeah. Walkman says dudes named Ben never die. And I'm going to go with his because his is a whole lot better. Never die than your whole negative Nelly stuff saying everybody has to die. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate the value for value that uh, that uh, Jay Finley had, had given. Uh, yeah, he, he gave he gave me some crap in the in the chat room as well. So he is the patron saint of podcasters. He's, I have he's no just doubt about that. He he is he is in fact we we really appreciate Jay Finley. He's one of the uh, he's one of the things that keeps us going. Although if Jay Finley was out there, uh, I I'd still be ranting. Um, I just don't know. <laughs> I I don't know if anybody'd be willing to listen anymore because Darren would be like, "No, I'm going broke doing this. I can't listen to you anymore." But uh, it, thank you for everybody who listens, and uh, you know, thank thank you, Baron von Walkman, whether you're. You're giving. See, there's no value Von. I made that mistake too. Oh, I added that once. Baron it's just Walk- Baron okay. Walkman. You I'm know. following your lead. What the hell? Never, never do that. You should have learned better by now. Never to follow my lead. And we are going to get him on one of these shows too, because I yes. just I want to talk about the whole early phone freaking days. And he has so many stories that uh, I want to hear about that. And, and, and uh, thank you. Please continue to give uh, your support, your your shit in the chat room, especially as long as it's a Sir Bemrose. Of course, you love everything I do. Sir Bemrose is questionable. 
That's well, that's I have, I have no is. need for that self-esteem stuff, folks. So go ahead and lay it on. But you can find all the information about subscribing, all of the links you need, grumpyoldbens.com. It does help uh, on sites like Podcast Addict. There's a few other podcasting uh, programs that allow you to leave reviews, you know, actual like Yelp and Amazon type reviews. If you could do that, that would be great. It helps push the show in the right direction. And right now, that's all it's about is getting a wider audience, more people to listen, more people to enjoy and have fun and uh, more input, because that's always what we want to hear. And you can get us at either Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at GrumpyOldBenz.com or Ryan, R-Y-A-N at GrumpyOldBenz.com are the email addresses. And uh, you can look for us on the social medias. You won't find Ryan on Twitter, though, because he doesn't like Twitter and he doesn't like Facebook. So if anybody's saying that Ryan Bemrose on those, make sure you report them to the authorities. If you do somehow find me on Twitter, let me know because uh, How would there, they let you know on Twitter? there's a beatdown coming. <laughs> and thank you, phone boy, for coming along for the ride and talking about marketing and all that other kind of yes, stuff. Thank uh, you. This this was a fantastic discussion. Yes, it was. Uh, it was fun. We got to do it again sometime. Maybe not about marketing, but uh uh, we, we definitely went down some <laughs> rabbit right. holes with this uh, with this conversation. So, are, are you feeling personally attacked on the marketing front? No, because that not. was my goal. <laughs> no, I, I uh, no, I'm I'm a dude named Ben. I you know I don't have any self esteem. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, you, you're one of us. That's all you can say. That is yes. it. And on that note, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the White Sox still suck. And from America's left coast, where the tableware is soggy, but the propaganda is thick. I'm Ryan Pemrose. And I'm, and I'm phone boy. And I'm, I'm also somewhere in, uh, somewhere around uh, the, uh, deep in the, you know, I, yeah, so, somewhere in greater, in, in the People's Republic of Greater Seattle. Uh, that, that is where I, uh, where, when I'm not in a shiny metal tube, <laughs> that is where I'm at. Find him if you can. Oh, I'm easy. <laughs> Thank you.